It's the female founders that are going to make a huge change in society for everyone. Welcome to A Modern Visionary, conversations with leaders that give a damn. I'm your host, Tiffany Lanier. Here, our goal is to inspire, educate, and have a few uncomfortable conversations about what it really takes to be a leader in this day and age. We know that consciousness, empathy, living and leading with integrity and justice first is the only way to bridge the gap between where we are now and where we want to be. Each episode, we'll talk to visionary leaders, entrepreneurs, politicians, and all-around changemakers who are doing the work and paving the way for the new paradigm of leadership and the way that we want to run things. So sit back, relax, take note. It's time to be a modern visionary. Welcome back, everyone, to A Modern Visionary. I am Tiffany Lanier. In today's show, I had the pleasure of speaking to one of my dear friends, Alexa Carlin. She is a fellow public speaker and also the CEO and founder of the Women in Power Expo. Today, we dive into her story and what it took to create several change-making businesses. And she's been doing it since she was 17 years old old. We also talked to Alexa about her philosophy around action taking and helping women turn their ideas into reality. She is truly a gem and I know that you're going to get so much out of this show. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Welcome Alexa to A Modern Visionary. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on. So Here's how we do things around here. The very first question I like to just kick things off with is a WTF moment. <laughs> and because there's a lot you know, going on in the world right now, there are lots of movements happening and they're usually sparked by just really being fed up. And so what has you really fed up today that's going on in the world right now that has you like, what the heck is happening and why is this still happening? Anything coming up for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many things. But specifically today, um, you know, I've seen a lot of women um, talk about things that they want to do, but they're not acting on it. And it gets me so frustrated when I see people, you know, go for, go for something half-assed. Like they don't go full force or, you know, they say that they're going for something. For example, they're pitching that publisher or even they're trying out for this like graphic design contest to get their design on a t-shirt or whatever it may be as small or as big as that, that is. They'll go for it, but then they'll say, but I probably won't get it. And I'm like, oh, why are you even going for it then if you think you're not going to get it right from the start? And I think they do this because they fear, um, you know, telling people that they're going after their dream or this goal um, and they don't want to seem like they're putting all their eggs in one basket in, fe in fear of failing and they don't want to be judged or ridiculed or looked at upon. And, and it just... Um, you know, it makes me so fr frustrated to see that. And so I, I see that a lot because now more women are acting upon their dreams and their goals and obviously standing up for what they believe in and speaking out loud. But at the same time, there's still that, that fear that they showcase and there's still that sense of, 
am I worthy enough of making this difference or making this impact or changing my life on a personal level? And you're just like, what the, come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. We can, <laughs> we can do this. We can do this. But that actually, I mean, that's perfect because it, it goes, it flows right into um, what, what we're going to talk about here next. And that is that you've been, you know, turning you've been turning ideas into reality, which is also like your tagline right now, right? Since 2009, and you were only 17 years old. And today we have a lot of movements that are being sparked by young people, one of which is like March for Our Lives. And there's pretty much a bunch of 17-year-olds who are showing up, speaking out, and taking a stand. Um, that could be really scary when you're, when you're that young. What made you realize at 17 years old that you wanted to stand up for something that was bigger than yourself? That's a great question. Um, when I was in high school and middle school, I was very shy and I didn't know how I can overcome that. And I would always look at student leaders or like the, you know, the young students that we're even seeing in the news um, and, and think, I wish I could do that. And I never believed that I could because I was just always this shy young girl. And, um, you know, with that, though, I always had this internal fire inside of me to make a difference in at least one person's life every single day. And I don't know if that was something that I grew up with um, from my parents or just something that has re really just been internal. Like, it's just I've always been, you know, a huge fan of inspirational quotes. Um, I've always been a fan of journaling and just really believing that as an individual, we have so much power to make a difference in people's lives. But I couldn't do that because I was too shy. So when I was going into high school, I decided to try to become um, the vice president of my student class. I, I only ran because my friend was running for student class president and she told me I should run with her because I would never, ever do it alone. I was too shy. So I, I ran uh, with her and I ended up being elected. So I, I joined student government and student government was huge in my high school. It ran the, the entire school and I was uh, vice president of the freshman class. And um, through the years, I really got more involved. That's when I saw my first motivational speaker at a district's event. And it really just, it was my life. I just fell so passionately in love with it. And my advisors uh, were like mentors to me. And I remember sitting in the back of the class during fifth period every day and looking at the student body president who ran the class and she was always a senior, he or she. And I always thought, you know, I wish I could do that, but I'll never be able to do that. I never thought I would be able to stand in front of a class and lead them. So let alone a student body of thousands of students. But I really worked hard behind the scenes and I, I got noticed from the the teachers, the advisors, and they said to me when I was going into junior year, uh, we think you should run for student body president. And this took me by surprise, but I really looked up to them. And so I went for it. It was kind of this like 20 seconds of courage, put your name on the ballot and go. So I, I went for it. I ran and I became the first person to ever be elected as student body president as a junior. I was running against two seniors, ended up uh, being elected again. So I was the student body president for two years. But I remember that when I was first elected and I saw my name on the ballot, I started hysterical crying 
And I just had this overwhelming feeling like if I can accomplish this, what else can I do? And this was something that was so much bigger than myself. And I had so much idea, so many ideas to, to lead the school and to make a difference. And that was the onset of understanding that when you go for it and when you just put a little faith and confidence in yourself, you can accomplish so much. And it was kind of just this feeling like, you know, what else can I accomplish if I accomplish this? And that set off a ripple effect of turning ideas into reality. Yeah. So you've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> you've been doing it since, since high school, basically, even younger than 17, because in 17, you started, I guess, being student body president, you also started your first company. Yes. Right. So tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was school shopping as we all used to do going into senior year. And I, you know, I always was thinking of ideas of how I can bring new things into the, the school to help us create a global reach and really create an impact and, and make a difference. So I saw this t-shirt while school shopping that caught my attention. It had um, the peace sign like you would make with your hand, but your palm was the shape of, the, shape of Africa. And I re read the hang tag on it and it said their mission was to help create villages in Africa to become self-sustainable by building schools to help more kids get education. And I just really loved that mission. So I went home, checked on my computer, saw like this, read about the company. The company's name was Omni Peace. And I saw Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Zac Efron, all of these amazing celebrities sporting and wearing their t-shirts. And I thought... You know, they have t-shirts, they have handbags, and they have chocolate bars, but they don't have any jewelry. And I was really passionate about fashion um, when I was younger, and that's something that I wanted to do. So I said, you know, what if I created and designed a bracelet for them, brought it into my student body to help sell the bracelets, and then we would donate money to their cause? So long story short, um, never heard any response from them. I pitched a ton of different emails. This was before social media, really, before LinkedIn. And, um, and then I went on you know, to, to do what I did in, in school. School started. But then four months later, all of a sudden, I got this email from the founder's assistant saying that they wanted to set up a conference call with me. And I was so afraid, but I, I went for it and it took about a year from idea to development to finding a factory in Taiwan to um, designing the, the packaging, which I did by printing hang tags at Office Depot. Like I did everything bootstrapped, everything broke. I really didn't know what I was doing, but I kind of learned as I went and the bracelets um, came out and launched right before graduating high school. So it kind of, it became my own thing. It became my own business and it was designed under the brand name Alexa Rose, which is my middle name. And, um, I started selling these word of mouth and this was my real dive into entrepreneurship. And I started selling them to everyone in my school, but then I moved to a giant university and word of mouth marketing, not the best strategy because <laughs> I didn't know anyone. So I had to figure out a way. And I, um, taught myself how uh, a little bit of HTML and designed my first website using the free iWeb platform that came with a Mac computer that I got for graduation. Put up a website, didn't know how to get traffic there. And so I asked if OmniPeace could put my bracelets on their website and then send me the orders and I would fulfill them. I didn't realize that was called drop shipping at the time, right. <laughs> but um, that's kind of what 
led to that whole like entrepreneurship endeavor. And I just fell in love with the entire process. And it's, you know, been one idea to the next and it all ripple affected from that one time of that big aha moment of what can one individual accomplish? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. I think when I was 17 years old, I wasn't even thinking like, oh, let me, <laughs> this thing's really cool. Let me go out here and then contact a company and try to, you know, kind of support the cause that they already had and just create an addition to, which is something that many people probably think that's a waste of time, right? Why they already have an established brand, established products. How can I do something in support of something that I believe in? Well, just create another thing and and work together. And so I think that was also the beginning of your collaborating, <laughs> you know, being yeah. able to, to collaborate it started so early on. Um, but that's, that's a really awesome story. And I didn't know the whole student body story and that you also did the, the bracelets that same year as well. So you're really busy. <laughs> you're really busy in high school going, going into college. So with, with that, most, you know, most young people or people in general, it doesn't really matter what their age is, they stop, you know, at that that would be a really great idea part. <laughs> that, that's, that's a really great idea. Like you could have been that person that had the aha moment with the t-shirt and you're like, oh, that, that does seem like a cool idea. And then you brush it off and you go on to something else, um, which is usually because, right, fear, judgment, not or not believing that people would believe in you or in this thing that you're looking to create. So I know from personal experience, a lot of personal experience, but this is one of the first hurdles that I faced when I launched my organization at Cause, or Cause for Unity at Florida State is that I didn't really feel like a leader, you know, whatever I thought leadership looked like for me and that imposter syndrome also set in really quickly. So I didn't know what to really do with all the feelings, all the emotions, the doubt, the fear, all the things. So how did you overcome some of those mental hurdles um, when it came to creating and pursuing these ideas? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's an ongoing process. There's always going to be fear, doubt, low self-esteem that comes into your mind. I think people think that, um, you know, you become confident and you're confident your whole life. It's, 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 never-ending journey that you always have to work on. You always have to fuel yourself with positivity and, um, you know, positive words to help you continue on, especially when you're struck with obstacles or that, that fear, doubt, and judgment, because there, it is going to happen. Anytime you do something meaningful, it's a lot of work and there's going to be backlash from people who either are jealous of you or don't believe in you or don't think you're taking the right path or whatever it may be. And so I've always, come back to, you know, my core passion and why and what lights me up. You know, I always say, if you have a dream that keeps you up at night and wakes you up in the morning, that dream is there for a reason. And I couldn't not, I, I couldn't like not go after it. And, and I don't know if like, not everyone feels that way. But for me, when I'm not doing what I love and not acting upon an idea, it makes me feel worse about myself and it, it doesn't create a happy environment for, for me. And it's just, I, I, it's just the thing that like, I know that I'm meant to do this and I wouldn't be able to live 
a full happy life doing anything else because there has been moments where I've allowed that to overcome. I've allowed obstacles to, you know, to define what I can and cannot do. And when I do that, you know, your entire mindset changes, your entire environment changes, results change. And that's just what fuels me. It's, it's just this, this feeling like there's no other option. There's no option B. There's no other, other way. There's other avenues and paths that you can take, but what you're working towards is what you ultimately the life you want to live. And that's freedom to me to do what I want to do, to be who I want to be. And, um, and with that, I just go full force and, and know that it's going to happen one way or the other, because I'm not going to give up until it does. That's really the recipe. <laughs> Is I'm not going to give up until this thing works, regardless if people are there to fully support it or not. And I think that's really great advice. It's, it's just knowing, you know, in your hearts of hearts, I think we all feel it. We all know when there's something that we're extremely passionate about and the idea that just won't leave us alone. You know, like you didn't pick the idea, the idea picked you. And you're just right. wanting to go after this thing, but usually it's the fear and the doubt that holds people from really going for it. But you're saying you just have to, once you get that download of, this is something that I know picked me, you just have to go for it. Full throttle, right. full force, and just see it through, right? Um, so you've done a lot of that <laughs> over like a really short period of time. I mean, like in the last 10 years, when you started doing the bracelets, that was what, 2009? So we're not even in 2019 yet. So within like a 10 year time frame, you've started several different projects that has turned into businesses. How do you know when you have an idea that is really worth pursuing? Because we all get tons of ideas all the time. But when did you know, like, okay, this is something that I really want to put my time and energy. I'm not just passionate about it, but I can turn this into a movement or something profitable. That's a great question because I've had so many ideas and you can't possibly act on all of them um, or else you're going to spread yourself too thin. So I've Every time I'm struck with an idea, the first thing I do is I take out my journal and I'm a big, I'm like Richard Branson when it comes to writing down everything. Like I take out my journal and I write down my idea and then it flows. And then usually like I'll, I'll create an entire business plan in my journal of the, the idea. Like for example, I had this incredible, I've had these two incredible ideas um, in, in college. And I know they're incredible because other people have created them in a different format and they've become multi-million dollar businesses. Um, but with that, this is, so that's my process. So the first time I get an idea, I write it down. I usually spend a lot of time that may be wasted, maybe not, um, you know, letting that passion flow. Cause I get really excited. And what, uh, takes me from paper to action is allowing that idea to foster, like to sit for a little bit. Um, you know, I write it all out and then I want to see, say just a week, see if I keep coming back to the idea, see what other, um, thoughts come to mind that I can add to that idea and then kind of create a strategy like, okay, if I were to act on this, what would be the steps? Am I able to do it with the, the, um, 
time I have now? Like what would, if when you add something into your life, you're going to be taking away something and you have to know that. So for example, like if you're going to add another business or you, another idea to your business model that you're going to act on, that idea is going to take at least five hours a week in order to start it. And so what, where are those five hours coming from? It may be coming from cooking, you know, dinner. So then you can, you know, take out or it may be coming from like needing to clean your house and you can maybe outsource or something of that sense. But you have to understand that when you add something into your life, it's taking away something else. So with that in mind, I see if it's feasible and I see if I'm still super passionate about it more so than what I'm already creating. Now, um, working on different ideas for almost 10 years, um, I've really understood how to focus on what I'm doing now and understanding that we can create everything we want in life. It just may not happen all at the same time. I used to, um, and the beginning stages of entrepreneurship, trying to create everything at once. And that's where it became super difficult. And then there was a lot of slow growth just because I was spreading myself too thin. Um, I know so how that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I think we all do. And I, I still spread myself thin, but like this is talking about like I had an idea for an entire like dating app um, because I was social chair in my sorority. I don't really share this, but I was social chair in my sorority. So I was in charge of creating all the parties with all the frats. And so I was kind of like the hitch of, of my sorority. <laughs> Like everybody would come to me to help them find dates because I was connected to all the fraternities and everybody wanted to go on the date functions, but not everyone has a date. So I would connect people with blind dates and, and figure out, you know, who wanted to go on the frat side. And it was, it was crazy. It was literally took up so much time, but it was so much fun. And that's where I had this idea. Like, what if I created a website? It was a website at the time of all the date functions and then uh, sororities and fraternities that they could put in if they're available and if they want to go and looking for a date and that would be like the job, you know, uh, and it would just be for colleges. So I had this entire idea. I took like so much time to write out the entire business plan. Like I, I, I had the name I had, I drew it all out. And what took me from not acting on it aside from the entire strategy and the business plan was the resources. Like I'm not a developer. I'm not, that's not one of my strengths. Like I can't build websites like that. I'm, I, I would have to outsource all that. I would have to create that team. And that's not completely what my mission was. It might've been a great idea, but, and, and it may have, you know, come to fruition and maybe made me a lot of money. It could have been the Facebook of college dating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you, you have to come back to your core and like, you know, this wasn't the core of what I was focusing on at the time. And, and, um, and that's kind of where it stopped. But there was a lot of those things. Like I've spent thousands of dollars on domain names because I have this great idea. And then I go online and I've purchased thousands of dollars of domain names to lock it all in. Guilty. And then I don't do any, yeah, I don't <laughs> do anything with those. So now I've realized like to write it down and let it sit for a little bit and really see if this is the right path to go for the long run. Like I'm always thinking long-term game. I work in the short term, but I'm strategizing for the long term. And that's how I've developed that uh, process. I think 
I mean, there was something that you said that was perfect and something that I speak a lot on, which is getting back to the core, getting back to the core of who you are, what you stand for, your core values, because at the end of the day, you know, we all know like in our, in our gut, like the path that we really ultimately want to go on. Sometimes we veer down a different path because we think there's more money there. Like you could have totally been like, oh, there's a ton of money in this particular, you know, development of this website. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't in alignment with your bigger picture, this thing that you knew or these processes or, or areas that you wanted to be in in your life that it, when you weighed it out, it just didn't seem to go. And so when we take the time to really understand who we are, then these ideas, when they flow to us, because that's kind of, that's the process I go through now myself. I'm like, nah, this is not really where I see myself headed. So I love, so I love coaching people because I'm like, here's a great, great idea that you could probably do that might go with what you were trying to pursue, but it's not really for me. And so just being able to let that thing go and know that somebody else, it'll land on somebody else who's meant to to mature it and, and bring it out into the world, you can be at peace with that. So that, yeah. uh, that's perfect. So it actually, which is interesting, it always leads like, I feel like I must write these questions intuitively because they seem to flow um, directly from what you were saying. So you said it wasn't at my core. So doing that particular idea didn't really fit with the core of my direction. So what is like the core of your direction? What's your business philosophy? Hmm, good question. Uh, my business philosophy, I mean, my, my core on a personal level, because that's a little bit different than, than my actual like company, Woman Empower Expo, but on a personal level, my whole mission is to make a difference in at least one person's life every single day. And that is what I strive for when I wake up in the morning. And I, it's, it's my top value. And with that, I've been able to create a lot of ideas. I've been able to accomplish a lot and I've been able to make an impact. And so that's um, my, I would say my, I guess my philosophy you could call it on a personal level. And in my business uh, with Women Empower Expo, my whole mission is to empower women to turn their ideas into reality, to understand that there's enough room for all of us to be successful and to, to show them um, that if others can do it, so can they. They just need to act. Um, I, I'm, our whole business is really, uh, and I say our because I always <laughs> you know, talk about uh, WEX as a, a community um, movement, but my whole business is to really strive to empower women to take action. Um, and, and with that, we support the other movements happening. And I think that's how we created such a collaborative community. For example, we support obviously everyone that's standing up in the Me Too movement and we try to elevate their stories. Um, and then we support the Time's Up movement and try to, um, help spread that word and, but our movement and what we're creating and doing and why you would come to WEX and be part of our business and this, this community is the action part. I always say, you know, me too, time's up. Now what? And, and that's what I've kind of been saying since everything's been, you know, slowly fostering into, in, in the media is like, okay, 
now what are we going to do about it? We, we hear the stories. And, and so that's, that's what we're doing. WEX is a platform for female entrepreneurs, creatives, business leaders to uh, take action upon the things that they want most and to feel empowered to do it and empower others. Um, and so you come to WEX either as an attendee to learn how to do that and to connect, or you come as a business owner and you, um, and are given that platform to connect with thousands of women to grow your business. And, and we see it so much in every sh- in every event that we do is, you know, um, from just people buying a bracelet from a woman-owned business, you know, that's because women want to support women. And that's the action. I believe that when more women are doing the things that they're passionate about, the bigger change we can create because more passionate people are just putting out, you know, better good vibes, you know, good vibes into the, into the ether. It's, it's really this, this energy. Um, I, I, I'm a firm believer in that when people are doing what they love, they're happier. And when they're happier, they can make more of a difference because they're more willing to give and to help and support. And, and I think that's, I really do believe that it's the female founders that are going to make a huge change in society for, for everyone. I'm like, sorry, fellas, but she's right. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, as a female founder, like I have to be like, whoop, whoop, whoop. but to all the guys out there, I mean, you keep doing your thing too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's for all of us, right? I mean, but females, we, we are coming up, showing up, doing the work and it's so important, so necessary. So thank you for building, you know, your platform and, and your philosophy of, you know, wanting to change someone's life every single day turned into all the different things. I mean, we can see the theme, you know, throughout your different, I mean, if you haven't, um, there's definitely going to be some show notes about you. Uh, check out Alexa and, and see her timeline of, of events that has taken shape over the last 10 years. But there's a theme in the work that you have done. And it really does come down to that core, that core value of, changing someone's life every single day and providing these platforms for others to do the same because you're ultimately creating that ripple effect. And that's one that um, we're definitely looking to create here at A Modern Visionary as well. And it takes us to that certain type of leader, that certain type of leader and entrepreneur that you're trying to cultivate in your community, which is just presenting a better way to lead and do business. And I think you talk so much about this when it comes to authentic leadership, right? And becoming an authentic leader. And you say that authentic leaders are going to change the world. So what makes a leader authentic? And how can we work on becoming more authentic leaders so that we can live and lead and just do better? Yes. What makes a leader authentic is um, adding their their true self into their work and not trying to lead uh, the old school way just because they, they've seen that, you know, that's how it's always been done. It's about being yourself and confident in that. I think, um, you know, in order to lead, you have to be confident. You see every single leader is confident, but then you take it a step further and your confidence in yourself 
that's what makes an authentic leader is being confident in who you are, your worth and your value that you're providing. And so how you become that is starting to share your story. Um, I grew my entire business off of public speaking and, and, you know, just sharing what I've been through and what I'm currently going through and, and the lessons learned and what I'm still learning. It's not saying that I know all the answers. It's not saying that, Oh, I overcame this. I achieved this. And now I created this or I wrote that book or created that company. No, I am still going through obstacles. I am still going through, you know, um, different lessons that I need to learn. But by sharing that, people trust me more. Uh, you know, nobody has it all together. Nobody has all the answers. And, and to invest in someone else, meaning like invest in someone's programs, books, or even, you know, uh, consuming their content that says like, Hey, look at me. I've been through all of this and now I'm going to show you how to be happy or whatever it may be thinking like now they're the happiest person 24 seven, then you shouldn't trust them because that's not true. Um, there's always obstacles that come throughout our life, not just what we, uh, experienced in the past. And so I think people are scared of that. People think that um, I need to be this 100% proof expert in order for people to follow me and invest in me and buy from me. But I've, I view it the opposite way. I think the more real you are, the more authentic you are, the more people will trust you and can learn from you because you're actually sharing what what you are going through and what you have been through. And um, it's not always pretty, but that's what creates, um, you know, relatability. You know, everybody wants to follow people they relate to. So if I said, you know, I overcame this near-death experience and now I'm perfect and I, and I had this life-changing life changing experience and now I started a business and super successful, like that would be a lie. And um, yeah, sure. Maybe it would have been easier to grow it that way saying like, uh, you know, to, you know, take your experience and now learn from me, but it's, it's not, it's not all, you know, uphill after you go through the darkness, it's uphill and downhill. And so that's what I share. And I think that's what the power, the power of authentic leadership is. And, um, you know, that's why I started uh, the new, my new venture, Be a Public Speaker, because I, I believe that by sharing your story authentically and vulnerably, you can grow your impact and income tremendously because it's worked for me and it is working for me. And that's, you know, how I bootstrapped my way through, um, you know, learning the ropes and understanding how to turn your passion into profit and, and into your full-fledged uh, business. Yeah. Um, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine actually this morning about being more personal and showing up for her tribe in particular because she kind of suffers through this like one, like this kind of perfection syndrome, like everything has to be perfect. She wants it to be perfect. But at the same time, she's feeling like this void of just really breathing, you know, like really being able to show up and, and be who you are. And I think when, when you are out here trying to be a modern visionary, trying to show up, you know, with the cause in mind, with how you want to change the world. A modern visionary is someone who is authentic, someone who is going to say, yes, you can look at me, but know that 
I overcame that thing and I'm also still overcoming other things because we're human. And I think bringing that humanness back to leadership, that's such a huge problem that we're seeing in the world right now is this like ego driven, trying to like, if, whether it's proper or not proper, because we're seeing that a lot too, <laughs> not proper form of like showing up as a leader, but just like ego and everything is about self and not showing up leading from a place of authenticity from your core values to how you support others. And we just need that. We're all craving it. We need it more. So definitely remember, um, all you listeners out there, remember that, you know, your story matters. Your story and not just your past story, but your present story, what you're currently going through. And my biggest takeaway um, over the years of showing up via social media and in these platforms is you can even share what you're currently going through as long as you turn it into a teachable moment. It's kind of how I, I live off of. I just turn everything into a teachable moment. And so if I can help someone overcome something that day, because I might've went through it the day before, then I do it in a way that can showcase and can help move somebody's day forward. That's just kind of my philosophy. And I feel like it's Alexa's, <laughs> Alexa's philosophy as well. Um, if, you can, if you have the power to do that, that's, it's a powerful way to change people's lives every day, no matter what your experience. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So I have one more question for you because I know, you know, we've been just going at it and, and you're so inspiring because of the fact that you just push and you go and you create and you move and you really don't let anything stop you. And I'm always in awe of you and your tenacity. Um, how can we be more like you, Alexa? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like, well, here's the 10 steps to becoming wake me. up in the morning and <laughs> smile. Yeah. Um, but no, but, but what's some advice that you would give to the next generation of leaders and those out here who are currently, you know, creating and wanting to be change makers in this world? What would you say are some, some actionable steps and in, in, in tips for them to move forward? So actionable steps would be to write down your bigger vision of the life that you want to live. And don't think uh, in so much detail to start. Do, do big, big picture. Um, you know, what feelings do you want to have? Uh, you know, I always say like, wake up and, and focus on how you want to feel that day. And then the actions come from those feelings. It's not so much um, your to-do list, but what are those items on your to-do list? How are they making you feel? Because that's ultimately how uh, you're going to be able to drive yourself forward and push the needle forward. Um, another actionable step, like, uh, so, you know, that's broad, pick your vision, your feelings, what type of life you want to create for yourself. And then another actionable step on a daily basis is to write um, five uh, items you know, I, I do this Sundays or Mondays um, of what you want to accomplish that week because as you get busier and as you get more successful, and this is what I've experienced in the past year, um, it's really easy to let, um, you know, your business run you. It's really easy to continue to react versus um, be ahead of the 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 response. And what I mean by that is, you know, instead of spending the first half hour of your day responding to emails, don't respond to any emails. Instead, shoot emails out of things that you want. want. So um, Damon John actually talks about this. Like he'll be on the treadmill 
Um, I saw an interview, him talking about this. He'll be on the treadmill in the morning and he's just blasting emails, 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 you know, and, and he's not responding to anything yet. So that's how you push the needle forward because it's really easy to like, you know, there's so much on your to-do list that you have to manage and you have to take care of. But then at the same time, what you need to be able to keep on stepping forward in the things you want to get to that bigger vision, whether that's you writing a couple, you know, paragraphs a day for your book, or that's you pitching 15 uh, events to speak at. So that's an actionable step that, that works 100%. Um, I just actually did that a couple weeks ago regarding sponsorship, just pitch, 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 pitch. And then, you know, instead of spending my mornings responding, um, and last but not least, um, is to really value your worth, understand the value that you're providing people, you know, for everything I do, I ask myself, is this going to provide value? And I do this with uh, on the smallest level with what I post on my Instagram. Like I'll, I'll think before I post this photo, um, is this going to provide some value to someone? And, and I think that's just so important. If you can add value and that, that mindset into everything you do, people are going to take notice and things are going to happen that you didn't plan because it's 